Welcome to another episode of the 5th and 10th Fantasy Podcast. I'm Anthony, joined here by Andrew. Will will be joining us in a little bit. Um, well, week four was an interesting week. I hope you guys had good games. Um, I once again lost in my league, so I'm 1-3 now. Andrew took his first loss in the league. Um, he, you know, after Thursday game with A.J. Green, Andrew thought he had this in the bag, right, Andrew? Yeah, I had, I had a lot of players do really good over the Thursday games, and I was... Projected into going into the that weekend, I was projected to win by like forty plus, and turns out my weekend team just took a real dump on me. Yeah, that's right. Um, so I'm gonna we're on this episode. We're gonna talk. You know, we're gonna go over our league. We're gonna go over the scores. Then we're gonna jump into the top plays and positions like we normally do. But then we're gonna try something a little different. We're gonna talk about some buy low and sell high on some players you possibly can trade for in your leagues. Um, so I'm gonna start off. Um, I played. Ogre Slayer and Camo, Andrew's brother Kevin, and I lost one twenty eight to one ten. You know, I just I had a bad you know, I had a bad game. Uh Gronk once again did nothing. He gave me two points. I had Brandon Cooks who only gave me six points. Brandon Cooks didn't really have a good game. Uh, my defense gave me a donut. Um, one thing I am not like to see though is I think Jimmy Graham he had another good game. He's starting to you know look like the old Jimmy Graham. If you watched his game, you notice he made some good catches, he ran some good routes. So that's looking really good for me. Um, he's on bye this coming week, so that kind of stinks. But, you know, that gives him more rest because he's been questionable the last two games. Uh, that, uh, we jump over to the Tampa Bay Seconders. Lost to uh, Andrew's mom, Grandma Cares, who got her first win. Who, you know, she won 178, the top scorer in the league. And she, just, she had Julio Jones. We all know that one. He had 48 points in our PPR league. 300 receiving yards and a touchdown. I believe like nine receptions. I can't remember off the top yeah, of my head. He just went completely off, right, Andrew? Yeah. He definitely was one of the um, especially after the candidates. week he had last week when he did nothing. He yeah. definitely bounced back. Yeah, opposite weeks, doing absolutely nothing, and then obviously exploding and putting up crazy numbers. Yeah, and then we had uh, Busta Cap making your ass, which is Kenny, uh, won one twenty one to one hundred eight against the Bash Brothers. And then we had Will, who's not here right now. He played Greg's team, the California Hop Slams, and lost 133-97. to Will's team had the lowest score of the week. You know, that always stinks. You know, if I would have played Will's team, I would have got the W. But we'll see how it goes. Will just had no players to get him. He went up against Jordan Reed, who had a solid game. And then we had the final one was Andrew lost 148-137 to to his older brother Alex, who also got his first win. So in our league, we no longer have any winless teams. And we also have no more undefeated teams. Um, Andrew, what was your, you want to give a little more thoughts on your game? Well, in regards to my game, I, nobody really saw Michael Crabtree putting up a 33 for, for, for what you value him as a player. He's not an A.J. Green who, who can be due for a 33-point game. But when Michael Crabtree caught three touchdown passes and then Drew Brees didn't perform well against uh, San Diego, which... I thought he was going to be doing good, but they like they ran the ball in for touchdowns. So it was it, it was just overall just not a great day for me. It, a lot of players underperformed, and obviously when you when you get that, you're not going to win most likely. Um. So yeah, we're going to jump in. We're going to jump to the top five um, players at each position in our league, which is a PPR league. Most some of the stuff is standard in our league. Um, so the number one quarterback this week in our league was Ben Roethlisberger, who he only threw the ball 27 times, but he connected on 22 of those for 300 yards. He had five touchdowns. 
and he had a two-point conversion, so that gave him a total of 46 points in our leagues. And we're now here joined by Will. You can say hi, Will. How's it going? Hello. <clears throat> and the number two quarterback for this week was Matt Ryan, who is the number one quarterback in all fantasy leagues right now. And he threw 37 attempts, connected 28 of those for 503 yards, which is a ton of yards. Four touchdowns. He did have an interception. He had 14 rushing yards and four attempts. Uh, the number three quarterback in the league was Derek Carr, who completed 25 out of 35 passes for 199 yards and four touchdowns. So he did not have a lot of yards, but definitely those touchdowns uh, oh, really gave a lot you, of points. It's really all you need to score points in any of these leagues. Yeah. Quarterback, wide um, receiver, or running back. You know, then we had Russell Wilson, who got 31 points. He did 23 for 32 for 309 yards, and he had three touchdowns. Uh, he did have negative five yards. You could tell he was a little hampered running the ball that way, so he couldn't run it very much, but he still was able to pass the ball. That was the big thing. He showed that he could actually still put up points, I think, even with the injuries. So yeah. a couple question marks after, especially the first game back when he was playing with uh-huh. the ankle. And to round out the top five was Blake Bortles, who had a good game, 19 for 33 and 207 yards and two touchdowns, and he did have a rushing touchdown with 36 rushing yards. Um. So now that Will's here, Will, we can we're we're gonna bring up your score because we already kind of went over the league score. We just want to give a, a thought. You can give a, your thought on your game. Uh, my players didn't play well. I mean, that's that's really all there is to it on that one. Um, Rivers, I know. I think he had two touchdowns. He got two early touchdowns. He didn't really improve on that later, so that was disappointing. Uh, Edelman, of course, a lot of Edelman people, uh, owners probably played him more disappointed with what he did. Uh, I don't have any concern there. I think that has to do a lot with Brissett at quarterback. Exactly, with yeah. With Tom Brady coming back, that's going to help him, but I think it's yeah. going to also help Gronk. Yeah, I have zero concern about Edelman uh, based on that game. I mean, Brady's going to come back, Edelman's the guy there. Uh, we're going to see, you know, typical Edelman there, so... With Brady, Edelman is, especially in a PPR, he's, you know, pushing wide receiver one area, at least definitely with that, that high <laughs> ceiling. But he's also got a pretty, you know, pretty high safe floor with Brady as well because he's going to see so many targets. A um, little less valuable in a standard league if you're in a league like that because he's not necessarily known for breaking in a bunch of touchdowns. But... I mean, he's going to catch it, so it's not obscene. Uh, you know, it's not absurd to expect him to do like seven catches for seventy something yards. So that could still be flex material, you know, depending on what you have on your bench. So no concern there. DeAndre Hopkins again. A lot of people got burned by him. Uh, we get a point for a tackle in our league, so he actually got more points from the two tackles after the interceptions than he did from uh, any catches and yards. So. You know, again, not something I'm really concerned about. It happened. I don't think, you know, there's definitely no reason to be jumping ship on DeAndre Hopkins. Um, I think he's a buy-low candidate. If, you know, some whoever owns him in your league is is freaking out over it. Uh, Hopkins, it's it's hard to think that with as much talent as he has, this is going to be anything near normal for him. Uh, And his other games haven't been like that. So definitely if you're in a league where... The own DeAndre Hopkins owner is uh, 
freaking out about that game and you can buy low on him, do it because you'll be very happy with what you get going forward. Um, you know, so my team wasn't too bad. Uh, you know, in some other spots, Hilton put up a good game. Marshall put up a good game. I believe CJ Anderson got into the end zone as well. Um, my big misses were not playing Fuller. Yeah. So that one, that stung. I think he had like a punt or kickoff return touchdown. He did. He had a punt. He had a punt. And that's the thing. If you're in a league where you're getting points for that, that's even more value for Fuller. I mean, Fuller should be owned in in pretty much all leagues as far as I'm concerned. Um, You know, he was my week one number one claim from the number one spot. He was the guy I wanted. Uh, I I think he's the real deal. I think he's going to put up points, and I think he's definitely worth having. Um, I think you can flex him. And feel pretty comfortable about it, especially with the fact that he's known for that long ball. I mean, all he needs is one play, and, yeah. and you're you're made for the week. So uh, I didn't play um, Howard, the uh, uh, Other Chicago running back. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so you know those two players would have been better options than Hopkins and Edelman. Uh, yeah, and I think it might have changed the guy. game for me. I think it might have changed the week for me. But again, like you're saying, not somebody I would have played instead. Not somebody you would expect to do regularly, especially with the lineup I have. Um, yeah. You know, all my options at flex. I mean, Fuller is somebody that I that I could consider flexing in at times. But I mean, I'd still be flexing him over someone of the like of Julian Edelman and like T. Y. Hilton. Uh-huh. Assuming I put Marshall and DeAndre Hopkins as my two wide receivers, um, because I'm pretty stacked at wide receiver. That was the way I drafted. Uh, so, you know, he's someone I'm definitely happy to have around. He's someone that when somebody needs a wide receiver, uh, I mean, I think he's the real deal. So, you know, maybe I'll start working him into the lineup. We'll have to see. But I, I mean, I'm not going to start playing him over Hopkins. That's yeah. That's just not something you're going to do. So. All right, well, we're going to jump over to the top running backs for week number four. I'm going to let Andrew talk about the top five. All right, so your top five for uh, running backs in um, week five. Week um, four. Week, week four, my bad. <laughs> yeah, so we had number one, we had a DeMarco Murray. Um, this is, this, I wouldn't say it's a really a, kind of a shocker, but DeMarco Murray, and most people were expecting him to kind of almost like split time maybe with Derrick Henry, but obviously Mark Murray got the top Top one for this week with 25 rushes for 95 yards and two touchdowns. He also caught two passes for 24 yards, and he looked pretty solid for a Tennessee team well, that was yeah. competing with yeah. competing, competing with Houston. And so he definitely got his touchdowns, which was obviously well, big yeah. for a score. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I think what what you if you're a Demarco Murray owner, what you're happy to see is him getting the rushing touchdowns rather than being making more catching or doing more of the catching work and getting a lot of his points from that. Uh-huh. I mean, if you draft him, you got incredible value the way he's been playing. Yeah. So, right, definitely, definitely good. And number two, the, number two this week, we have Isaiah Crowell, which is another, another time he has been in the top five for the, um, in week-to-week play. Yes, he had 16 rushes for 120 yards and a touchdown, and also um, three three receptions for 22 yards. He's putting up putting up really good numbers for a Cleveland offense that usually is pretty weak um, in scoring wise obviously with Cody Kessler at the helm right now so yeah I think some of that has to do with the matchup he had this week that's what well. exactly what I was going to say I mean as a Redskins fan I'll be the first one to tell you the run defense just isn't what it was yeah and, you know what it has been before anyway um, 
that's a matchup. Uh, he exploited the matchup as far as I'm concerned. I mean, don't get me wrong, Crowell is not a bad runner, uh, but he's you know he's probably unowned in in several leagues and you know in some of your leagues out there maybe not several. I mean he's put together some good weeks, so in deeper leagues he's absolutely owned. But in anything that's about you know a ten team league and shallower, there's a, there's a, I'd say a, a shot that he's he's available in your league. He's available in our league, and you know he's he's only he's available because I actually dropped him. Uh-huh. I had to clear a spot. Uh, and I knew pretty, I knew damn well he would probably have a good week, especially with the matchup. But I, I wasn't gonna flex him in, so I went ahead and made the drop. He had a good week. If somebody wants to grab him, they can. But I think there's better options out there. Uh, he's had some soft matchups. It still concerns me a little bit. Uh, don't expect him to be, you know, the number two running back consistently or to be at that you know top three top four top five uh he had that one big run in that one game that propelled him up there uh and he took advantage of washington that put him up there but uh you know not a name you're gonna see a ton and he's somebody that on a matchup maybe you pick him up and start him for a matchup uh, if you're really hurting at the position or if you're just uh, in a deeper league or something, pick him up, hold on to him. Even in some shallower leagues, I mean, if you're hurting for the position, he's worth holding on to, but uh, temper your expectations. He's he's not going to do this to better defenses, but against the right defense, uh, you know, he's shown he can do it. Yeah, definitely. He's, he's, he's definitely worth a play once in a while based on the matchup. All right, so for the for our next three players, we have they all um, came in at tied up twenty two points this week. Uh, we had Lashawn McCoy, Le'Veon Bell, and Matt Jones are all came in tied at the same points uh, twenty two in our league. We sc- they scored. Uh, Go ahead, start just starting with Lashawn McCoy. We had um, twenty two points, which pretty solid against a um, pretty stout New England defense, which had stifled a lot of teams in previous weeks. Yeah, mean, a lot, he did that a lot on the reception. No, 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 you mean the Sean McCoy. Yeah, Sean okay, McCoy. I thought you said Le'Veon. No, no, no. Oh, no, maybe no. I misheard. I'm yeah, sorry. he, he caught six, um, 19 rushes for 70 yards. and Yeah, he had six, that touchdown early, Yeah, too. six receptions yeah. for 38 yards in the receiving game and to add a touchdown with it, which is always nice when your running back is doing the dual threat capabilities. Yeah, I'm not sure he's going to be doing that much receiving consistently that might have been a bit of a game plan thing but well uh, yeah against a stout he showed he can do it he's always been a guy who's able to catch the ball out of the back yeah and field. you know yeah. so that that could play into you know Buffalo they got the new offensive coordinator I mean, they might try to get him the ball in space a little more often um, uh-huh. you know yeah and then uh, also uh, um, tied for that same position uh, Le'Veon Bell back from his suspension with looks uh, like Le'Veon Bell looked like a really a really solid game and he was Running ball averaging a great number with 18 attempts for 144 yards. He also hauled in three, five receptions for 34 yards. He was being flexed out in different areas of the formations. He was just being Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, to steal definitely his back to being that number one running back. I mean, look, there's there's no surprises there. Le'Veon, uh, I mean, you got exactly what you expected, and I don't think this is his first time in the top five. Yeah, he 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 got he did get stopped short at the two yard line of scoring a touchdown on a big forty plus yard rush. So he he definitely could have could have definitely led the led the um, this week's top scorers. Uh, yeah, but he got stopped at the two yard line, which that happens. Yeah, 
And then to, uh, to round out that top five, also tied with 22 points, is Matt Jones, the Washington running back. He, um, first time in the top five, I believe, this year. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he hasn't. He, you know, he has a breakthrough game for him. I will say, though, I think, I mean, I think that was taking advantage of the, yeah, the, the matchup yeah. to a certain extent. I mean, Crowell and Matt Jones, both running backs in that game. That game, uh, there was just there was plenty of scoring all around, so there was plenty of points to be had. Um, uh, I wouldn't expect it. I wouldn't expect Matt Jones to uh, necessarily put up twenty-two points in a PPR or you know whatever that whatever it equated to in standard. I wouldn't expect that all the time, but uh, he showed it last season. He showed he had a lot of potential. He had the fumbling issues, so that's something you want to be leery of because he can have a great game. He can put in. You know, he can put it in the end zone, but he fumbles it and loses it. That's enough to just about negate that in some way. Oh, so, yeah, and plus, it's plus you fumble it and you get in the doghouse. Exactly. Yeah. We don't want to be getting that. I mean, them. in Washington, I'm not sure who's gonna who would be consistent enough to really take over and if, to keep him out for too long. He's really kind of the guy that kind of got really set to, yeah. on. Yeah, they kind of got set on him even last year with, you know, and, and went with him over Morris, which, I mean, the guy was a... Uh, Pro Bowl or they, so. They didn't want to pay yeah. more, so they're like, yeah, let's go with yeah, Matt Jones. Yeah, so I... It's an interesting situation. Matt Jones, uh, he's a matchup-based play, as far as I'm concerned. He's, I don't think he's an every-week guy unless you're pretty hurt at running back. Mm-hmm. Um, matchup-based. I think that's, that's what he is for now. Uh, that could change. I mean, he's got a lot of potential, but... It's still raw right now, so I think you're you're, yeah. pl- you're playing the matchups with with him as far as I'm. One concerned. thing I do want to bring up about with running backs is, um, so we did have Mark Ingram who got 56 rushing yards and a touchdown. He did have six catches, 49 yards, but he missed out because their fullback John Coot had two goal line touchdowns rushing the ball and a goal line catch for touchdowns. So that I, that's not going to happen anymore. We all know that, but that kind of stinks for if you were Mark Ingram. Or person this week or because that's a that could have been three touchdowns right there for Mark Ingram, you know. Yeah, so that, that kind of stick for him. I just wanted to that would have been a huge week for him. Yeah, he would have smoked out everybody in this. And this somebody, week four. somebody who just missed out on being in the top five point was Melvin Gordon, and I mean he's he's been very consistent. He's been playing very well. He's somebody that. Uh, if you're looking for a running back that you can start each week, I mean, I think that's what he's really becoming, and he's he's worth going to get. He's scored in every game at least one touchdown. He's making up for what all those no touchdowns he had exactly. last year. Exactly, and you know, he's, and what's good is he's catching the ball too. He is. He and doesn't that, have a receiving touchdown yet, but thrust, I think that's going to be. He's getting coming. thrusted into that role, so he's extra valuable in PPR. But uh, I mean, even just the way he's running the ball, even if you're not in PPR. He has immense value right now. So uh, maybe if there's somebody who's a little concerned about what ha- what he was the year before and they haven't realized that he's turned the page, go go get him. Uh, if you're a Melvin Gordon owner, don't trade him away unless you're really improving your team. Uh, in my case, I was a Melvin Gordon owner. I did make the trade to Anthony, uh, which you have definitely, I would say, have had. I have won that trade so far. Uh, I don't know. I mean, Ty is Ty has been really one well. Real, yeah, but then, like I've he had put two, it in good, this week two as really well. good weeks with Emmanuel and two good weeks with. Well, Emmanuel had about the same week as 
as Ty that first, but Emmanuel had probably a better. He had twenty two this but, week. Yeah, so Emmanuel was a little over Hilton this week, but I mean that's a toss up in terms of those points. It's not that big of a difference. Then Melvin Gordon's definitely outplayed. Melvin Gordon has outplayed. Exactly. So I mean, well. He missed one game. He came back. He still looked a little working his way back in. He still put up seven points. It's not terrible. I mean, Delaney Walker's going to get in Delaney Walker form. So uh, buy low on Delaney Walker if you're looking for a tight end. Uh, That's it. If you have him, his time's coming. Uh, Tennessee doesn't really have other people to throw the ball to. But nevertheless, you know, I made the Melvin Gordon trade. I also had C.J. Anderson. That's another guy that uh, had a bit of a rough showing last year that has really seemed to turn a page. So go get him. Uh, but, uh, I mean, moving forward, he's somebody to target as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. All right, we're going to move on to wide receivers for week number four. Will, would you like to say the top five wide receivers for week number four? Sure. Well, uh, it doesn't matter. I'm pretty sure it doesn't matter <laughs> what, what league you're in. Yeah. It doesn't really matter. It's just a matter of how many points it was uh, this week. It was Julio Jones. In our league, he put up 48 points. Uh, I mean, what can you say? 12 catches, 300 yards, and a touchdown. Yeah, that, that's just absurd. Um, <laughs> Especially after the week he had last week, which he basically yeah. did nothing yeah. last week. He definitely came back with a And he did it against blurry. the Carolina defense. So. Which I think is not – I don't know. This season, I they haven't looked as good. I do. They don't have those defensive backs. They're just not very good. You know, they're missing – you know, Norman got paid. He maybe hasn't looked as good as he did last year, but they're definitely I mean, they're definitely missing him. Norman has been, if you look at like uh, when Norman's been on receivers, they're like those when he's covering them, they're not having great games. Pryor did. Pryor got the better of him uh, in the beginning of that game Sunday. At times, uh, I think the speed aspect. I think that's the thing where Norman gets burned sometimes is speed. I know I've seen stuff where Deshaun Jackson was beating him over the top. Yeah. So I think Odell had a good game against him. I think with speed, well, even when you look though, Odell when he was matched up against Norman though, he wasn't doing as much. Uh, I mean, he he had catches, of course. I mean, anything that catches, but I mean, I think the point is Norman hasn't. Norman's played fairly well. Uh, and you can definitely say that I think the Carolina defense is. I mean, we're it. talking about the Carolina defense, Andrew. What's your opinion on them? You're the Panther fan. <laughs> well, to be honest, they've been playing really lousy. They're basically what we, the Panthers' defense play, mainly, mainly played last year was a lot more of zone defense, and they're they're still playing that zone defense this year. But obviously, having rookie cornerbacks. You can't expect them to be that gelled with the defense, mm-hmm. that in sync with your uh, uh, your safeties and linebackers and coverage situations. So yeah, it, it's it definitely it's gonna be a learning curve for them. I'm like they didn't look too bad in the in like the first few weeks of the season. I'm like they they did de- they did pretty decent against. I'm like Denver obviously Simeon was his first game and then obviously they did all right against San Francisco and Minnesota. So it was just more or less it was a learning curve. You, they didn't really. They weren't really facing the great elite receiver, so it, it's it's it might be a few more weeks of, of growing pains for them. But uh, the pan the pan and are, they're just not getting the pass rush as well too. That's another thing that's going to make this, the corners not look that great. They're uh, they're one and three, aren't they? Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah. yeah I was just I was just thinking about it. I was just, we just I, had to remind Andy. Well, no, no, it's not even that. It's just 
the problem with with uh, Carolina it hasn't just been on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, yeah, Cam, Cam been turned the ball has over. not been uh, number one quarterback, MVP. even even really top five quarterback in terms of fantasy or even MVP of the league type. Uh, I don't think he's. I don't think he got worse. I just think uh, I, he's just not. He's not playing as well. Uh, it looked really promising early. With, well, for uh, Benjamin. For, well, being for back, Cam Newton. But it's, it, for mainly for Cam Newton, it's is that with the loss of Jonathan Stewart, you lose your big body running back to be able to hand it off and get your yards. And yeah, with a lot, uh, when with the offensive line not producing as much anymore because teams are finding. That's bo- what I was saying. I was saying going into the season, I was thinking Carolina's. Uh, line is their weakness, you know, the, especially for pass protection. The big thing I just haven't seen, and that we I felt like we saw so much last year with Cam, is the deep ball. I mean, he would hit Ted Ginn, or, or whatever you want, Philly Brown, or whatever name he's going by now. <laughs> uh, he would hit them over the top for at least at least once a game, if not twice a game. Um, it's just it, it. I haven't seen it really. It just hasn't been there, and and that was where so many of his touchdowns would come from, or po- a lot of points would come from that. And it just it's not there. It's not opening up any. You know, you're not getting the underneath route because they're worried about you going over the top. It just it's not flowing as well there. Yeah. The targets aren't even there for those players. And I understand when you have Benjamin back, he's you know he's the guy that you can throw the ball to, but they're. I think they're they're very they're getting very singular in their offense, and that's been I think a problem for Cam. Yeah. Um, so number anyway, yes. Going on the we have two guys tied at number two for wide receivers, and that are who will. That would be Michael Crabtree and AJ Green. Yeah, we all know Andrew loves going against Michael Crabtree this week. Oh yeah, you know good old Crabtree and three touchdowns for Crabtree. Uh, I'm Unbelievable. sorry. Did you lose your? I didn't see. Did you lose your matchup? Yes, week? I lost my matchup so this week. He came back and beat you. Wow. Yes, after that. Yes, big week number three. We Michael talked about Crabtree that a little bit earlier. Dug, dug my grave and put the stake in it. What was was it, was it close? <laughs> I didn't see because I, I was going. I lost by eleven points eventually. Wow, what it? A garbage touchdown. Alex end up putting up? Uh, One hundred forty-eight. Wow. A late garbage touchdown by Travis Kelsey sealed my fate with like four seconds left in the game. <laughs> Did you have any? Uh, like mistake plays, like people on your bench. Sean McCoy off? over Travis Benjamin, which I would have won if I played Shady. Uh, yeah, McCoy McCoy. Yeah, on the bench and he played Benjamin. He got like how much? Yeah. Six. Benjamin and I did not. Benjamin did not have a good game. That was a big disappointment. I believe he was a top five projection that we talked about the week before. Uh-huh. And I won. I feel like we talked about him not. I feel like we either. said if somebody was going to come out, it was going to be him. And I mean, yeah, that was that was definitely. Uh, that was brutal. I did not realize you actually lost that game. Well, that was the thing, though. Uh, Crabtree, a lot of those points going to come from the touchdown. You see uh, seven receptions, 88 yards, three touchdowns. Whereas A.J. Green did it uh, in terms of more yards and catches. Yeah, his Ten catches ball. for 173 and one yard. Yeah, see, Andrew had AJ, has A.J. Green, but Michael Crabtree negated that whole game pretty much. Yeah. I, and, I mean, A.J. AJ just did what A.J. Green does. Yeah, that's big guy. He went up there, got the ball. Uh, on the Thursday night game, you know, it just—I don't know. It was uh, very. Uh, with Tyler Eifert coming back, though, do we think maybe he's gonna take away some targets from Green? I th- he'll, he'll I th- take some targets. I think he's gonna take maybe a few targets, but I feel like 
it's going to allow the offense to flow, flow more mm-hmm. and be more of an up and down the field offense with more ability to score more touchdowns instead of yeah. score five field goals. Maybe they punch it in the end zone maybe two more times. Yeah. So I think you're right. I think it's going to add to the offense's offense's dynamic ability, which will be able to score more touchdowns. And it might take some. I mean, because right now you look at that offense. But he might put up the two touchdown game instead of one touchdown. Right, right, you don't know. right. But what I'm saying is, you look at that offense, and uh, if you're playing defense, you're going to double coverage AJ Green when you get into the red zone. Let alone, I mean, maybe just all the time. I mean, yeah. make one of those other guys beat you because, uh, I mean, they're not really like proven players. Uh, Eifert comes back; he's going to draw a little more attention. Uh, and if the def- if defenses don't give him that attention. He'll beat him, and then he's going to beat him, and, and then they're going to have they're going to either need to change or it's going to be an embarrassment. So, uh, I mean, look, Eifert's not going to do what Eifert did last year. He's not going to put up all those touchdowns, and uh, I mean, of course, he's not because he's missed so many games in the season. But if you were to average it out, uh, he's going to have a lower average this year, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, yeah. he's a, he's going to regress, um, but he's still a good target. He's still a big target. He's still proven. He'll get some. He'll get targets. He's uh-huh. going to be the number two guy there, I think. And he'll take some targets from AJ, but he also might open it up for AJ a little bit. So we might say we might see AJ beat some people over the top. They might not be able to roll a safety over all the time. Yeah. So that could be good for him. Rounding up the top five is Will Fuller, who we already talked about. Yeah. And number five is Steve Smith, Will. Yeah, Steve Smith Sr. That was... um. You know, I, I think him and it's Fuller... two back-to-back good weeks for Steve Smith. That's actually, you know, that's that's really actually three... So three people cracked the top five that I think were surprises, and that's Crabtree, Fuller, and Steve Smith. Uh, and um, Dontrell Edmond and Eddie Royal right there. Yeah, and, and you look at that, uh, it, and those are actually two interesting names that you bring up because you have uh, San Diego, uh-huh. and then you have the Bears. And so... Those are two teams you look at, and you're kind of wondering what's going to happen in San Diego with Keenan Allen going out. Uh, Gates is out as well, and we've seen Henry step in and and play well there. But you just you you think, oh, Travis Benjamin's going to step up and be the guy, and he looked like the guy for a week. And you might think like Tyrell Williams going to step in, and he had his weeks, but or his time, he had his flashes, I guess, but. Uh, you know, this maybe makes you wonder, maybe not. And the same thing in uh, Chicago. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey, he's someone we you know we might talk, we might get about, uh, get into later. But uh, I don't know what it is about him. He's just he's not looking good. Yeah. And and he's he's not getting he's not leading targets. He doesn't look like a wide receiver one. So. Uh, that might be some cause for concern if you're a Travis Benjamin owner. I think it's more cause for concern if you're an Alshon Jeffrey owner because, uh, I mean, he's just not he's not seeing the ball. And you can say, oh, he was he was banged up this week, which is true. But uh, I mean, even the weeks before, he wasn't banged up and uh, he wasn't putting it up. So interesting group of players that cracked into the top five here. Uh, some of them definitely got helped by their matchups and their games, but all yeah. in all, pretty good. Um, I'm going to move on to tight ends. The number one tight end for week number four was a guy who was drafted really high in a lot of leagues, and he finally had that good week, and that's Jordan Reed, who had nine receptions, 73 yards, 
and those two first quarter touchdowns. So that was a good week for him. If you're a Jordan Reed fan, you're happy to see that. I gotta be honest, I played against him, and I was glad that there weren't more touchdowns because I honestly thought he, the way he was going, he was gonna go for three or four. Yeah. That was the Kirk Cousins and Jordan Reed show. Yep. And then Matt Jones kind of stepped in, which was good, but for me anyway. Uh, uh, the number two tight end is another guy that was drafted really high for tight ends, and that's Greg Olson, who had six receptions, 76 yards, and he got that touchdown and a two-point conversion, so that was really good. Uh, we'll see if Cam Newton plays this week. Maybe that affects his status for this week in rankings, Greg Olson. Uh, number three is another good week again for Jimmy Graham. He is number three. He had six receptions, 113 yards. Um, and you know it's good to see Jimmy Graham these next these last two weeks look like Jimmy Graham, and you know it's good if you're a Jimmy Graham owner like myself, you're very happy with the way he's looked. He is on bye this week, so that's good. He'll get to rest his his back that he was questionable for the week prior. <laughs> um, I mean, what Andrew? What is your opinion on the way Jimmy Graham's looked the last couple of weeks? I'm like Jimmy Graham's looked good. I definitely agree with it. Um, obviously, he's gonna go off as far as Russell Wilson's gonna take him. Um, with Russell Wilson being a little bit more banged up with his ankle, he's going to obviously stay in the pocket and throw it more. And with Graham obviously getting near 100% healthy, he's obviously returning to form, and they're obviously getting the, the ball to him. They're, I think their it looks like Russell Wilson is finally trusting him more than he did last season. Yeah, the offense uh, is predicated a little bit more to him, in my opinion, right now. I think the biggest issue is just that line. It, the, the offensive line's got to hold up. Well, yeah, the, the, And that's... It, well, yeah, it's held up a little bit over Jimmy the past few weeks. Jimmy Graham's ranking is based on if Russell Wilson can stay healthy. Yeah. And that's going to be if that and line can hold up for that him. That has been a questionable for sure this year. One thing that has looked good for Russell Wilson's career, though, is he's been very – he's been able to play through injuries. Yeah, I just think we've seen a game this season where the injury hasn't really affected him, and he still put up points, still played well. We've also seen a game where – uh, it looked like it really kind of bothered him and, and held him back. So you you don't know which Russell Wilson you're going to get for sure. But, uh, I mean, look, if you got Jimmy Graham really late in a league, like most of you probably did, uh, you're happy with what he's doing. And, and even if he were to, you know, start, you know, stop playing well now, uh, you you got some return. On it, and it was a, such a late pick. I mean, it's hard to be upset about it. So uh, at this point, you're kind of playing with house money at this point with him. Yeah. Um, number four was Kyle Rudolph, who had five catches, very fair, fifty-five yards, and a touchdown on seven targets. Um, I mean, that's looks like you know Sam Bradford trusts Kyle Rudolph more than any quarterback Kyle Rudolph has had, which is good. Uh, for Kyle Rudolph fans, Stefan Diggs has had a couple down weeks after and, after and starting see, the season. That's out. what's interesting to me because as quickly as as you know, strong connection it looked like Bradford had with Diggs, and as you know, in sync they were, especially against Green Bay. He had, I mean, it's like it just was never there now. But yeah, the so last two weeks he's had single digits. That is what would concern me about Rudolph. It's how much of it is, hey, Bradford just happens to be slinging it his way these weeks, but, you know, next week it's going to be digs. It's hard to look at it and say who, like, 
I don't think on that offense you have too many like you have like a clear number one guy like he's gonna get the most targets each and every week. Uh-huh. And I, that's what's a little shaky. But again, somebody you probably wasn't drafted, you picked up off the waiver wire. Hard to not be happy with what he's been doing. Just you know, if you're not hurting too bad at tight end, maybe not a nice bad idea to sell high on him as far as I'm concerned. Uh huh. And rounding out the top five, I'll mention two guys, even though that's six players. It's Hunter Henry, who had four receptions, 61 yards, and a touchdown. And the only guy who did anything for New England this week, or last week, and that's Martel Spenner, who had five catches for 109 yards. Um, another down week for uh, Rob Gronkowski, who only caught one, did catch a ball for, I believe, 11 yards. Um, finally on the stat sheet. He finally <laughs> caught some, you know. Did, I think his hamstring's still bothering him a little bit. Did you start him this week? I did start you him did. again this week. I mean, he's just that guy. It's, just, it's hard to put him on the bench, you know. I, you know, I did the same thing with Edelman. I I really wanted to bench him, but I didn't know who I was going to yeah, bench him for. I, I was even telling uh, a I mean, friend of mine, or my brother-in-law, who's a big Patriots four. fan, who I was like, if Grappo plays, I'll play Gronk. Brissette plays, then I'll think about benching him. And I obviously made the wrong and, decision. And that was how I felt about Edelman. And and to be honest, I was a little distracted while I was you know away in Chicago this weekend. But, uh, I mean, yeah, I, I, I wasn't comfortable about Edelman. But I just kind of, I don't know. Yeah. I just, I don't I don't know. All it. I know is one thing I know we both agree on is it's going to be nice to see Brady back. Yeah, look, Brady's going to change things. Uh... I think he changes things. I think Edelman right now is the safer bet to benefit stronger from it just because when you look at Gronk, it, there is a bit of a question of how how is his hamstring. Uh, just because he's really not even getting out there in these games that much. But both are going to – both will, will get uh, – will benefit. So, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry too much about it. Yeah, I, I feel like I feel like with Tom with Tom Brady returning, um, it's gonna be a huge change in the offensive scheme. You're gonna see a lot more, seeing a lot more conversion on, on passing, obviously, than because they're they're currently I believe leading the league in percentage of running run play. So the Garrett Blunt's value is obviously gonna drop. Um, James White's value as the running back will pick up because he's more of a he's more of that PPR running back. Who's gonna catch passes from Brady and that more of an offensive, offensive predicated with passing the football? So. Yeah, the only thing about him though is uh, Deion Lewis isn't too far out, is he? Eh, yeah. Well, he has to at least sit out till week eight. Yeah, right, but I mean, but it's still James White. There's been, I mean, there's been no word on it. He's yet. short term at this point. Yeah, there is no word. But, uh, but, but the Patriots it, it, will not tell anyone about injuries. That's one of those things. It's one of those things with Deion really Lewis. Well, which, he, the earliest he can return is week eight. But it doesn't mean he's actually going to return week eight. That's the hey, earliest. No, you're he, right. He's got to get time it, back, it, get used to yeah. everything. Well, the problem is they have does. to activate him week eight, and if they don't, he's done for the season. Yeah, right. so it's going to be one of those things is that he – It's going to be a wait-and-see thing. But, I mean, all I was saying is don't get too caught up in James White. Uh, oh, yeah, no, no, no Because no. it very well could swing away from him. And, and as far as I'm concerned, running backs in New England are just not – they're not somebody I want to own. Wait, uh, it's just it's just more or less that it would be it would be a good time to definitely wa- watch the offensive scheme change and definitely adjust your uh, roster if I you have any so. Patriot players. Yeah. All right. So uh, with that behind us, we're gonna go ahead and, and do something a little different, and we're gonna talk about uh, 
we're going to throw out some player names and we're going to give our opinion on whether it's a good buy low or sell high type uh, Scenario situation with that player, yeah. or if uh, you know maybe if it's not a buy low or a sell high maybe it's like a, hey get rid of them or whatever you know so yeah. that kind of thing this we're we're a quarter of the way into the fantasy season if you know most of you probably play only 16 week seasons so it's a good time we've got uh, four weeks behind us to look at and know see what they've done so with that we're going to go ahead and get started and uh, first name i will bring up i'll ask out. you guys right, it's going to it. be number one quarterback so far this season will you buy low or sell high on matt ryan Go ahead. Uh, I would definitely, mo- I would definitely sell high on Matt Ryan right now, just because of his two matchups coming up right now. Yeah, he's on the road at Denver and at Seattle back to back weeks. I'm like, I'm like, those two games could th- throw off his entire sink right now with the offense. I know that he could be a sell high right now, especially if if you have other quarterbacks on your roster, because I know you most likely did not draft Matt Ryan as your starting QB, because he most likely. I went drafted really late or went undrafted, so you probably already have another quarterback that's on your roster. And if you do have like a another solid QB on your roster that you're you're definitely stashing on your bench, he's definitely worth a sell high candidate to fill out maybe a running back or wide receiver that you're that you may be missing. Uh-huh. All right. Well, I, and I don't I don't think I ever said that this on the podcast, but going into the season, I I'm not one to normally draft a quarterback early. Um, so I was looking at quarterbacks that I thought I could get later on, that I thought could maybe you know be that quarterback that could jump up there. And Matt Ryan was someone that I was interested in. Now a lot of the reading I did early on kind of said, hey, he's got Julio Jones, but who else does he have? He doesn't really have somebody that you know he doesn't have too much in the way of options. It's and they're predicated the on running the football still, too. With yeah, Dan the line is still a little sketchy. They're going to be running the ball. So, you know, a lot of people were, nobody, there weren't many people that seemed to be too up on him. So I kind of was like, tempered my expectations. It was like, maybe not. Well, we all know what he's done now. And I'm, you know, kind of kicking myself that I didn't just trust my gut and draft him in these leagues and have him for all this time. Uh But, um, you know, when we get to sell high or not on him, I think if you can get a good ransom for him, or if you can really improve your team, like if you're really hurting, like Andrew said, for that running back or that wide receiver or whatever, if you can get that, go ahead. Yeah, as long as you've got a good quarterback behind him that you can trust right. so to play every down, play every week besides maybe his bye week right. missing or something like that. But what I will say, don't he he like there are going to be some players where it's like, hey, sell high and get whatever you can get for this uh-huh. guy. You know what I mean? Like, hey, things are going to change and they're going to change quick. So sell him and get whatever the hell you can now. Um, that's not Matt Ryan to me, though. He's a sell high if someone's going to give you a lot. Otherwise, keep him and roll with him. Maybe you put him on the bench this week, uh, these next two weeks against Seattle against and Denver against Denver. Um, honestly, if I'm a Matt Ryan owner, I'm probably more concerned about uh, Denver. I would maybe roll with him against Seattle if I didn't have a great option. I wouldn't be too scared about it. I mean, I would be concerned, but uh, I mean, the Jets weren't terrible. They still moved the ball. Uh-huh. Uh, Brandon Marshall put up a good game it's at just, least. It's just one of those things with Matt Ryan. He hasn't really shown it in the past as being a consistently high-scoring fantasy QB. 
He's had those weeks where he's had the good matchup and he puts up a good number. Yeah. But he's had he's had in the past where he struggled and he had seasons where he definitely did not finish strong and it's just one of those things is that he hasn't been one of those consistent top five QBs that you, that you trust in the league. That's those constant that I'm going to lead my team to victory every week and I'm going to still fill up the stat the stat sheet. So it's it's yeah. one of those things. He's not no. known as that top five QB. But obviously he's putting up t- number one QB numbers right now. Yeah, but and, it's and it's one of those things we don't know his consistency. Well, and you it's know, only seen it over four games so far, and he's played against a couple of bad defenses, and like and then are supposed to be be- better Carolina defense. But obviously, yeah, they, maybe they, not. They did not. They didn't didn't want to cover Julio Jones, so obviously they, they obviously showed how. The thing, the thing is, is when you look at him, we're kind of you're kind of playing the. Uh, you're riding the hot hand at this point. And like you're saying, he could cool off at any point, and that's kind of the problem. You just don't know. Uh, anytime you're kind of riding with a guy that's playing you know, playing really good, they can cool off at any point, and you just don't know what you're getting into. You don't feel as safe about a player like Matt Ryan as you would about maybe somebody like if you have Tom Brady coming back because this guy is known for being that. He is consistent. He's this, Yeah, you could, you could have drafted I mean? like a Aaron Rodgers or, or Russell Wilson like that, as yeah. your starting QB and, like, and they, then you're like, okay, yeah, well, you probably feel a little more comfortable about the consistency they have. But there's also something to be said about riding the hot hand. I mean, yeah. uh, uh, it was a couple years ago I picked up Nick Foles late and he, you know, he went off great for me. It was when he was playing with the Eagles, and he had his huge, you know. It's just, it's just one of those stuff. things. If you, if the, you can ride the hot hand, it's great. Yeah, uh, it'll you, cool off some these next two weeks. He's, uh, he, he's not gonna. What he did to Carolina, he's not gonna do that to Denver and Seattle. It, he's not gonna do it to both of them. Yeah, it's just one of those things. If you have the depth at QB, and if somebody gives you a good offer for him. You might yeah. as well take it because it is something to you want to. You're at this point, especially if you're looking at like a one and three season right now, and you're you're starting to look at your team. Okay, well I'm weak at running back, wide receiver. You want to pick up that player, especially if you have that QB death, because most likely he did not get drafted in your league. If you're gonna sell Matt Ryan, now's the, time, the time to sell. Yeah. Him. yeah, because he's. I don't think his stock's gonna go any higher. If anything, it's gonna take a hit these next two weeks. Yeah. And, and, so if you if you are gonna sell him, sell him. Back. Yeah, you're basically banging on him that's, coming back that's from Matt those Ryan, two, as these far two. As I'm concerned. Now, these two tough matchups, you're just banging that he's gonna come back and be his normal self and I putting agree. up those averaging over almost thirty uh-huh. over I mean, thirty points. He was somebody that we saw get dropped uh, in a lot of leagues because of the matchups that came were coming up. So. Uh, it, well, it's a wait and see kind of thing. Sell them if, if you got them. If you can, do, if you want. Uh, but also, don't be afraid if you're gonna, you know, roll with him in after these, you know, rough weeks. He doesn't. Yeah, his, his schedule isn't terrible. He's got could, Arizona, but it's at home. He's got some favorable matchup. He's it, gonna have Carolina again. I don't think he'll do what he did to them again as bad. But I it's one of those things, still, especially especially if, you dra- especially if you like drafted like a quarterback like Carson Palmer. Yeah, it's one of those things that you want to ride the hot hand, but obviously you, you, you expect Palmer to do better, But yeah. which leads us right into the next topic of yeah, Carson Palmer. We're going to bring Carson Palmer, who's going through concussion protocol. Do you think, Aaron, would you buy or sell on Carson Palmer for that season? Um, I would probably buy low on him just based on, obviously, he didn't in the past two games he hasn't put up much. And that plus, team's just too talented. I and think, plus to the fact the that he's, going. he's most likely not going to be playing Thursday with the short short term week and the concussion, so he could be out for this. He's going to most likely be out for this week and then possibly next week. But I, it's one of those things is that 
he has so many offensive weapons with and that's Fitzgerald, the, uh, Michael Floyd, John Brown, John Larry Fitzgerald. Brown. You got so many. You got so many players to play that that offense should not be struggling like how it is right now. So it, it's one of those things that if you can Johnson. buy, if you can buy yeah, on him Johnson, and wait with for like a week or two, you're fine. So look uh, with with Carson Palmer, you're not going to be able to sell him. For, you're not going to be able to sell him oh, for yeah, a ton. He, yeah, there's no way you can sell him. That's why you should no. try to buy low on him, possibly. That's what I'm saying. So, you know, maybe he's worth... I mean, he's going to have some good weeks when he comes back. I don't think he's going to be... What he was last year. Incredible. He's definitely going to probably be, break... He'll be serviceable. He'll definitely be probably break the top five a few weeks, but he'll definitely be one of those QBs that's probably... That's be most likely played every week. Unless there's like a horrific matchup that you yeah, I mean you're gonna you you gotta check in with your Carson Palmer owner and see what you can see where they're at about it. Uh, don't give up too much to get him, but if you can give up small pieces, uh, you know, and you're hurting at quarterback or you just want a you know, backup that you can feel safe about, you know, maybe you have someone like Matt Ryan. Now it doesn't help you much this week because, like Andrew said, he's probably not gonna make it for the Thursday night game, but. Uh, you know, if you have a Matt Ryan and he starts cooling off for a couple weeks, you know, hey, Palmer could be somebody you could you could get uh, in a trade for not too much, and he he definitely is a serviceable uh, backup. Yeah. Um, is there any other quarterbacks you guys want to talk about before we move on to running backs? Um, <laughs> I think you could try to buy low on Cam Newton. Um, but chances are, whoever drafted him is probably used a high pick on it. Yeah, they, they used a high pick, pick, and they're going to be too. They're going to be very biased by what he did last year. Um, so he, I mean, he's definitely going to have some favorable matchups coming up because obviously he played against Denver and Minnesota's defense, which obviously makes makes most quarterbacks not look good at all. And like you saw what they did against Aaron Rodgers and. You're seeing what they did, like how Denver goes around and makes most quarterbacks look silly, and like they made Jameis Winston not look that good, and everybody. So it's it's one of those things. I'm like, he had two bad matchups. Everyone, he obviously he had a, he played really good against San Francisco. So and then and then his value is about as low as it's gonna go. And then now, obviously, he had another bad week against Atlanta, which was obviously kind of a little bit more surprising. But it's just the. It was, the offense wasn't really more, more or less in the sink, so he's definitely you. You could possibly buy low some of the court if the person's worrying about him and he wants to try and get something. But obviously, it all depends on how the, uh, that team's doing. If that team is the team you're trying to buy from is like three and one, he's not going to worry about his QB that much because he's he's already got a good record and he's probably in, in line at first first in his division maybe. Yeah. All right, so uh, we're going to move on to running backs, and I'm going to go ahead and throw out LeGarrette Blunt to you guys. So what do you think? Uh, buy low, th- or sorry, not buy low, sell high or, or hold on and ride with him? Uh, I think if you're a LeGarrette Blunt owner and you have another running back option on your team, I would sell high on LeGarrette Blunt. You know, he did have that really good week a couple weeks ago. Um, Tom Brady's coming back. I think Tom Brady's going to come back with a vengeance, and he's going to want to throw the ball. You know, he's going to want to show that. He hasn't lost anything. Um, and, you know, LeGarrette Blunt, I am – my brother-in-law is a big Patriots fan, and he's – one thing he's always told me with Patriot running backs is you can't trust Bill Belichick with running backs. LeGarrette Blunt could be there one week and then disappear another and week. And that's why, like I said about like, even a Deion Lewis, it's just like I don't even know him or well, James White. Yeah, I just don't know that I want either. I just – I 
kind of want to avoid the running backs on the Patriots. This is an easy one. I mean, this is about one of the easiest ones out there, I think. And LeGarrette Blunt is a sell high, and I mean, he is a sell and get whatever you can get. I'm like, yeah, cause I'm because like, he's he's led the league I mean, in like mo- like most of the most attempts on rushing right now, yeah. and the Patriots are in the top five and highest uh, percentage of running plays. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those things is that he's definitely getting all he's definitely getting the attempts and as many as he can get basically because obviously without Brady the offense is only limited to so much they can do. Yeah. So. If you have a guy in your league who doesn't follow football as much, kind of just going to look at the stats, look at the position rank he is currently, send LeGarrette Blunt his way and get what you can get. I mean, if you look at the stats, LeGarrette Blunt does not perform well and doesn't do very much when Tom Brady's the quarterback. It's just not how the offense yeah, works. Usually, It's just not what they do. Usually Blunt scores when the Patriots get up by like 20 plus points in the fourth quarter and they start running the ball and he get, maybe picks up a touchdown or picks up like fifty yards or something like that late. He is, but not it, he's, he's have definitely a closer. Basically, he is going to drop in the in the running back standings without a doubt. Mm-hmm. Ah, right, yeah, yeah. So, um, for for next one, um, yeah, what we got? Uh, should we buy? Should we uh, buy high or sell low on um, Eddie Lacy this this one? I'm like, I I think. In my opinion, I believe. I think I would buy low on Eddie Lacy. You know, he still hasn't. That's I. You know, he did the week before his buy. He did put up over a hundred yards. He has not, I believe, scored a touchdown yet, which hurts him a little bit. I don't think he has. But I think that for how low rated he is, if you can get him in a trade, he'd be a good guy to target because I don't think people don't value Eddie Lacy like they used to a couple seasons ago. They definitely don't, but. I, I mean, he was probably about seeing, a second or third round pick. He's still seeing he's the He's going to be a very hard person to get from whoever you're trading with, probably. I mean, I know in our league, uh, Andrew's brother has him, and I, I guarantee if we were to try to bring up Eddie Lacy, he'd be throwing Alex out. also known for a guy impossible to trade right. with anyways. But he values people way he'd too be, much. He'd be throwing out their value like Eddie Lacy is still, you know, the Eddie Lacy that was putting up... 20 point weeks you know not consistently necessarily but regularly so uh, again he's the kind of person that you can check in with the owner of Eddie Lacy and uh, see where they're looking at but if you are an Eddie Lacy owner uh, you know let's wait you know wait and see your uh, trade deadline shouldn't be coming up you still got a little time so you know wait and see a little bit because I mean honestly his his value really shouldn't drop more than it is. I mean, he's he's already pretty low in terms of uh, yeah. He's definitely hit value his, his floor gun. right so, now. Like, uh, it can't get worse. If you hold on to him, all, all you can do is get value from him. Worst case, you don't see that value, and b- before the trade deadline, you know what? If you want, go ahead and sell low on him. Get rid of him. Get whatever you can get back if you want at that point. But at this point, uh, unless you're hurting and they're offering you a decent trade that really helps you, uh, I mean. I don't see a need to sell him off at this point. Yeah, he might I, mean, be, he I might, would ride with him. He might be one of those players that if you can like if he puts two good weeks up in a row, you could sell high on him. But is just because obviously we he, a little bit inconsistent obviously on so far. But I mean, he, he's one of those things that his value is not that good right now. You're obviously just wanting to try and pick up 
and s- stack your roster in more depth, or possibly maybe yeah. you know, maybe even a starter like your flex if you're feeling that. One thing I like about Eddie Lacy is his schedule this season. You know, he has two more hard teams that come with rushing defense, and that's Seattle and Minnesota. Even Seattle's rush defense hasn't looked as good as they have in the past. So he has a very good schedule, you know. I think he can he could start getting more into a groove. He was known even when he was in shape in his first two years. He started slow and would finish strong. Here's the biggest problem, though. You bring up his schedule, and you say, oh, it's a pretty good schedule. That's true. Problem is, the two teams that you mentioned are Seattle Week 14 and Minnesota Week 16. So in a lot of leagues... That's the weeks. first week of playoffs and the final playoff. So, uh, Eddie Lacy, somebody who can probably win you some games, and if you're in a league where not many teams make playoffs, maybe he's worth a trade because he can get you into the playoffs if he turns it around. But uh, as far as using him in the playoffs, uh, not somebody I necessarily want to be relying on. Uh, he would He would scare me. Come playoff times without a doubt. Uh, yeah, we're going to move on to another guy. This is a guy who hasn't done really much this season, and he was definitely a first-round pick, and that's Todd Gurley. You buy or sell Todd Gurley, Andrew? Uh, right now, I, I believe it's going to be a buy. It'll be hard. He'll definitely be someone hard to trade w- with, you know, because he was a first-round pick for teams. So, you know, that person probably is waiting for them to maybe turn around. But... They could also maybe be fed up with him and think that his name value will get him, get them something. Oh yeah, yeah, Mike. He, Mike, he's definitely getting the the, the carries and more. Yeah, lines. he's definitely running the ball a lot. He just isn't doing much. He's just it. not producing. The offensive line is just not being. It's just not there to help him out. And plus, you do have Case Keenum at quarterback, which is kind of a. He's he's obviously limited as for what he can possibly do because Keenum is. More or less, you're gonna want them to stack the. They're gonna stack the box against. He's an efficient game manager. Look, and at some point, you'll probably see Goff out there, and this season, I wouldn't doubt. Well, if they keep winning, then I don't think. Yeah, well, that's true. If they keep winning, no. But let's be honest, I, I, not counting on them to stay three and one or to keep winning that extent. I mean, I like he's got Buffalo. He's got good matchups coming up. Detroit, yeah, they could win that one. I mean, well, Miami, they have some very winnable games. Atlanta. They do. They do have some very winnable games, depending on how they play. But I mean, I think I think here's the thing about Todd Gurley, and I I actually thought about trying to buy low on him in our league. The biggest problem in our league is the owner is a big Rams fan. But the other big problem that I I see with Todd Gurley, and you guys kind of hit on it with his name. And a lot of people think name buys you all this value. The problem is, that's just not the case. You can have a team full of you know huge name stars and be losing a lot because they are just underperforming. Name means nothing. What matters is what they do out on the field. And right now, he's not doing it on the field. But the biggest problem with him is he had that big week against Tampa Bay where they basically gifted them gifted him a touchdown because they would P.I. Or, yeah, P.I. in the end zone. Yeah. And what do you think they're going to do from the one-yard line? Of course, they're going to try to get Gurley in. He was able to do it. Uh, I mean, the runs weren't overly crazy or anything or overly impressive like we've seen. He has the talent, but, uh, you know, I look, 
he's worth trying to buy because if he turns around, he's going to be great. I'm just not sure I'm buying the fact that he's going to turn it around. And the biggest problem, that huge week against Tampa Bay, a lot of people are going to look at the name and point to that week and say, that's what he's going to do the rest of the season. But i got to be honest, I don't think he's going to do that the rest of the season. Yeah. So, um, I mean, only buy him if you can really buy him for a low value. Don't overpay for him because, honestly, he is a high-risk, high-reward type buy low situation. Yeah, um, we're gonna go ahead and let's go on and move on to wide receivers. Andrew, who is the first wide receiver on the list that you would either that you want to ask us about? Um, well, I, I think you, I'm like, what, what, what do you guys think about Michael Crabtree? Should we sell high or uh, buy low on him right now? Uh, I'll let Will go on and answer. Wow, yeah, Michael Crabtree is a hard one. No, uh, because there's a very strong part of me that wants to say, oh, sell high because he just had a top five week. Uh, and it's a great time to sell because someone's going to be really high on him all of a sudden. But, I mean, I don't know that you're going to be able to sell him for a ton because people might look and go, eh, it was one really good week. Um, and, I mean, and the thing is, I mean, he wasn't he wasn't that bad last year. I mean, he was kind of sneaky good. Uh, he seems to be at least so far trending more to you know wide receiver one than Amari Cooper down there so uh, I mean unless you're gonna get unless you get a pretty good offer for him I might hold on to him I don't think he's he's not like a LeGarrette Blunt to me where it's like sell him and get rid of him now for whatever you can I don't think it's I don't think it's really that yeah and um yeah, yeah just 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 finishing up on Crabtree he, he's He's definitely one of those players that it's it's kind of like I'm no one say hit or miss, but he's gonna definitely get his points a week. But obviously, if someone gives you, if someone's definitely um, gonna be giving, you're definitely getting a good offer in return for him. You might as well pull the trigger because yeah. you're not. He's not. He's most likely not your top receiver on your on your team right now. You're probably starting him near your flex position right now. So. Definitely, Crabtree's somebody you probably picked up late in the draft, and if you can fill a hole, do it. Yeah, by all means. Do it. Yeah, definitely. But if you don't have holes and you, and somebody's just trying to get them from you and they're maybe making you a you know mediocre mid range offer, don't right, take just, it. Just let them sit don't on take your it. Of- Like here's the thing, I think I would rather hold on to Crabtree at this point. Like if if the, if someone offered me Alshon Jeffrey for Crabtree, I think I would stick with Crabtree. All right. Yeah. So so for next, um, what do you guys think about Randall Cobb? Should we buy low or sell high right now? Obviously. I mean, I definitely would buy low on him. He has not looked good very this much this season. Randall Cobb owners might be just done with not, you know, they might be like his name's there. I could trade him and get him a little thing, but I think he's gonna. I think he'll honestly start turning it around. Maybe it'll take a couple weeks, but he's just too talented, and he has a great quarterback throwing him in Aaron Rodgers, and you know, it's just that Packer offense still is not clicking at all. You know that we're all used to, but I think each week it's slowly gonna get better, and I think Randall Cobb will start getting. You know, he, the problem is he doesn't have any touchdowns this year. He's getting the ball past him. Obviously, Jordy Nelson's had is doing looking good since he's coming back from the ACL injury. But I think Randall Cobb still, for how bad he's been this season, you know, he's only averaging in PPR leagues nine points through his first three games. I think that is definitely going to get a bump up in these next couple of weeks. I look, I'll agree with you on that last point that uh, he'll probably get better than nine points in PPR averaging. Uh, that said, 
I don't know that I want to buy low on him. I think that the owner, whoever's going to own him in most leagues, is going to want too much for him, and I don't think it's worth it. Uh, I'm just I'm not buying that he's going to turn it around significantly enough to make it worth making a move for him. There's uh, there's just better options out there. I think uh, he didn't have it last season, and yeah, Jordy wasn't there, but uh, I don't know. It's just he hasn't shown it. Like you're saying, something seems off, and it just. There's too many mouths to feed there, I think. I, I'm i not a fan of, of the Packers unless I'm rolling with, like, Aaron Rodgers or Jordy Nelson. I mean, the rest, it's just going to be hit or miss as far as I'm concerned, I think. Yeah, I'm like, my Rambo Cobb, he's obviously, we're, we're kind of going back to when it was, when Rodgers was constantly throwing those touchdown passes to him. I'm like, he definitely still has some value just based on his name value and based on the offense that he's in. So he does have the potential to bounce back to um, at least close to what he was a few weeks, a few like maybe about two years ago. He yeah. has the potential, but obviously, if that if the person that owns him is not like a Packer fan or is obviously overvalues him too much, you can probably pick him up maybe, and then maybe he's worth just sitting on your bench for a few weeks to watch to see whether or not he is picking himself back up. But look, if you can pick him up really low. Sure. Yeah, definitely worth it. Sure. Any, I mean, that's po- true of almost any player. If you can pick up super low, uh, especially a name player that's done it before, sure, by all means. But uh, he's probably going to be hard to pick up for, like, next to nothing. You know what I mean? And I'm that's like, yeah. about what I would want th- to give th- up th- for him. Three weeks of very bad, of very poor production, especially in standard leagues. He's, like, basically droppable almost in standard yeah. leagues because he's just what hasn't done anything at all. There's better options out there even in a PPR league on, the way, on most waivers. Yeah. I mean... He's damn near droppable in PPR leagues. It's so just, it, it, it's one of those things is that that person is either is basically I'm gonna hold on to him and try and sell him as when his value increases, or they're they're basically I'm done with it. I'm gonna be dropping him in the maybe ne- next week or two. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one more receiver we're talking about is would you guys buy or sell on Brandon Marshall? Uh, for for, Bra- for Brandon Marshall, I believe he's uh, more of a kind of more of a buy low candidate right now. I'm like. He's obviously been a little bit more inconsistent this year because Fitzpatrick hasn't looked that great with his bad game against, obviously, we had the, um, the Chiefs. He threw six interceptions. So it was one of those things is that, I will. it's a Fitz, yeah. It's basically however Fitzpatrick plays is how Marshall's going to get his, his points. It's well, definitely predicated on that. He, he's not a top-five QB throwing the ball to Marshall in which he's going to be guaranteed, like, the top five quarterbacks is not going to have a terrible week every week or every other week, and he's definitely going to put up the numbers and be consistent once he definitely Fitzpatrick gets back in the groove. I think that it is a. I think it's going to be hard to buy low on Brandon Marshall because I don't think he's. I don't think his stock is that low to be honest. I mean, it's not that. It's, it's has, definitely lower than what when you drafted him right now. Uh yeah, I mean look, he's he hasn't put up the. 15 point average but it's hard I, I don't think he's necessarily you're I don't think you're really buying low on him necessarily though I mean especially he's coming off of a, a good week against Seattle and I mean that's a solid defense so uh, he was somebody that you know if he had a bad week against Seattle maybe he becomes a buy low target in fact I would say he does because I, I don't think he's going to he won't you know put up throughout the year but uh, coming off a good week against Seattle, he had, he had a poor week against Kansas City, like you mentioned, all those interceptions. If you look at it, a lot of those 
a lot of those picks were targets towards Marshall. They were in end zone areas. So, I mean, Marshall saw a lot of targets in that game. And the thing you got to remember is he he was a little banged up that game. Right, he's getting he's getting so, the targets, but it's just more or less he may not so be that producing. Doesn't, so that doesn't concern me as much. I mean, as my philosophy is to follow the targets. If the targets are there, he's somebody you want on your team. And that was the case with T.Y. Hilton, like with the trade I made with Dagan. The targets were there. So, I mean, he was somebody you want to, you want to get. He was getting 11 targets a game. I mean, it just was a matter of time before he started hauling them in. Uh, Brandon Marshall, uh, look, if you have him, keep him. Unless you get a lot. If you don't have him and you could use a wide receiver, you can try to buy low. Uh, it just, I'm not sure you're going to be able to buy that low on him. I'm like, the only, the only scary thought about Brandon Marshall is that there have been rumors that if the Jets do continue to not play well, they might put G- Geno Smith in and just say we're done with Fitzpatrick because he did only sign a one-year deal. So this that could be a possible like very nightmare situation. I think even if that happens, though, I mean the fact is then that could almost help because Smith might just zero in on on Marshall. He, I mean, Marshall could, is the big guy. Who else are they going to throw to? Obviously, Geno's definitely the not a passer. I mean. But you look at it. I mean, you got someone like Jay Cutler, and I'm not saying Jay Cutler's like Geno Smith area, but Jay Cutler is no elite quarterback by any means. And look what he does to top, you know, his number one receivers. He just zeroes in on him and slings it to him. He'll throw a couple picks along the way, but that receiver still has pretty relevant stats. Yeah, um, it's just it's just something to keep in mind that you, we all we all know that obviously when because Fitzpatrick is on his one year deal, so it's. It's definitely the Jets are going to be making a decision on what they're going to do about quarterback, so they may just want to see what Geno wants to do later in the season if, obviously, the team is not in contention for playoffs. So you could uh, see a switch. No, nah, I think they'll just and, get somebody to but, punch him in the jaw again. And plus, they also um, Brandon Marshall also came out and said that he will he will basically go down with Fitzpatrick. So I mean, by if they do decide to make the switch, Marshall might not um, perform to what to his capability because he said he was sticking by his quarterback no matter what. I look, I don't think that he, I don't think Brandon Marshall is going to just, you know, start throwing tantrums like that and not perform on the field. I wouldn't be too worried about that. I mean, that's that's really out there stuff, but But yeah, it's just, it's just things to keep in mind, stuff to look around while while you're thinking about maybe buying buying him, so you gotta definitely, I don't, I don't you gotta definitely look into I it. I don't think he's a buy low candidate because I don't think his stock is low enough to really be buying that low on him. That that's but it's this is one of those things. It's it's good to field off first, definitely if if the person is if the Marshall owners are panicking and getting all worried about the situation. But if you can, if you can buy low on him, go for it. Yeah, not a bad idea. Don't expect to be able to send very little and get him though. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Uh, one more wide receiver I actually want to throw out there though is Alshon Jeffrey. I mean. Far as I'm concerned, sell him and yeah, sell him I'm for really whatever you can get. I don't like him. Like he hasn't had it. I, I mean, sell yeah. him. Maybe find somebody who's into the name. Uh, Some something. It, it's definitely. It's just definitely one of those things that we we want we want to be able to get a um, quick. You want to be able to maybe get that big game and then just sell him right away. Yeah. Um, so we're going to move on to our last mission we'll talk about, and that's tight ends. Um, would you guys buy or sell on Delaney Walker? Buy. 
I think that's an yeah, easy that's, one. Yeah, that's definitely a buy low. That's he, an easy he, one. He's been injured, and then he put up a bad game, so owners might might be a little bit worried about that. Um, obviously, That was just a game where Tennessee in general, just they went, they looked to run the ball more, and they kind of underperformed in general. But, but yeah, this is, one, this is one of those things that definitely, you coming off of two weeks of basically no production from either injury or from just not playing, but definitely if the owner is kind of a little bit worried, obviously, fan, obviously tight ends are very thin position, so we def, you would definitely get a chance to get a, um, a top five one tight end from last year, and he's definitely going to be getting the targets in Tennessee because there's not many other weapons in, in Tennessee. Yeah, and look, if you are uh, if you are a Delaney Walker owner like I am, uh, don't sell low on him. Uh, no, keep no, him. You, you never want to sell low on any player that you have. Well, uh, unless, unless you're literally right at the trade deadline. And that's you not true. Make look, a there, there are times to sell to sell on players. There are. Oh yeah, but you don't really want to sell low when he has he hasn't performed at all well, or no. played much. At the all. time you want to sell low is if you don't necessarily think it's going to turn around, or if it's going to help you in a different area, or, or if just you or want to just like, wash your hands of the situation. Or he's like Look, a little piece. He's there, another piece in a trade. There are times to though. sell low. There are, there are. Uh, Delaney Walker is not that case. No, though. no, no. He no, is no. not. Uh, he's one of those. If you have him. His stock can only come up, as far as I'm concerned, and I think it will. Um, I'm a, okay, we're gonna do another player, and I'm gonna kind of do them as a combination since they're both on the same team. Who would you maybe buy or maybe sell when it comes to Martellus Bennett and Rob Gronkowski? Mm. I'm like Gronk. Definitely, it definitely. If anybody is like even worried about Gronk, if the person has Gronk is willing to trade him. Yeah, if they're willing to trade him, like, do they do not realize that Brady is coming back or something? Like, they're like under a rock or something. I'm like, unless like they were, unless they're super worried about Gronk's back, like, I mean, his injuries that he had had in the past, and plus the ones that he's been fighting so far through the season. Um, if they're worried about that a lot, then obviously you could buy low on him. But obviously, he's it's the Gronk combination with Brady coming back. That's that's that's. Fantasy points in the, in the in the bank. Yeah, and you know if maybe know. if you're Gronk or if you're Martellus Bennett on your team and you think Brady coming back might hurt Bennett's value, maybe you sell high on Martellus Bennett. I'm like the Patriots do like to run two tight end systems. He's definitely not gonna be the number one, but definitely he could see a lot more single coverage, in which obviously Brady as a QB is definitely a lot is a lot better than 95 percent of QBs in the league. So at throwing the football, so definitely he's gonna see targets. He could be one of those pe- players that just the gets one of those sneaky touchdowns because obviously you, people are targeting Gronk and targeting um, Edelman and coverage. So you could see Bennett definitely benefit from single coverage, and it, it could be interesting. It's more or less I gotta wait and see. Obviously we got Brady coming back this week, so. It'll be an interesting to see how that offense looks at, um, against Cleveland this week. I don't know. I'll tell you what. I think I might sell on Gronkowski, to be honest. Uh, and, and that's if you could sell high, if, if you could say you, his value were high necessarily. You could say his value is high based on the fact that Tom Brady's coming back and people could look at last year and right. be like, and look, oh, well, Tom Brady did this this great. And it's like, oh, okay, maybe I can sell him. And That's great. But, I mean, the only thing is you're selling a name at that point. And that's like we said. It doesn't matter what you did before. But then it matters what you're doing now. I think, I mean, look, here's the thing. Brady's going to come back and that definitely, there's definitely value to be had there. Here's the thing that, that to me about Gronk that's concerning. Hasn't looked good in these two games. And I get, hey, didn't have a great quarterback. I get that. 
but he's not even really I mean he's he's in there blocking all the time he's not out there making catches he's he's just he looks like he's still a little hampered by the hamstring you know I'm sure that'll get better but the thing you got to worry about with him is he's got some injury history He's also going to... Everybody knows about him at this point. There's no hiding Gronk at this point. Everybody's going to be on him, covering him. They're going to be covering him big time. Now, that doesn't mean he can't get the ball, and he's going to have those games. But we even saw it last year. He wasn't as explosive as he was before. People have taken note. I think that... You know, look, if you can sell off Gronk with the, you know, promised land of Brady coming back right now... You, you look. It's not you, a bad you, idea. You because could, but Bennett, it's just it's just super tough without the, for for where you probably drafted him. You probably drafted him in your first, maybe very late, very early second round because yeah. just the player he is. I'm like you drafted him there, and then not to mention, do you have a tight end on your roster that is w- you're willing to play? Well, you know, go ahead, go ahead and out in the trade you make if you don't have a tight end. You're interested. Yeah, go yeah. ahead and go look for a, a player like that. But you know what? Look, uh, I mean. I might, I would maybe try to move him. Uh, you look at Bennett. Uh, look, I'm not sure he's going to put up 100 yards like he did this last week all the time. But, it, but it's back. a definitely interesting but one-two Gronkowski combination. Gronkowski is going to be in big in covered all around. Bennett's going to be slipping out. I mean, look when Hernandez and Gronkowski were there, Hernandez was still pretty relevant. Uh, and now Gronk is everybody knows about him. They're going to be all over him. Bennett's a very capable receiver. Well, yeah, very capable it, player. It's one of, He's a big dude. Look, uh, you might be if you look. Here's the thing I'll say about Bennett: if you can sell really high on him, go ahead and sell really high on him. But uh, don't be too scared about the fact that Brady's coming back and he, he may be a little bit do everything. He may be a little bit more consistent. I'm not sure I'm buying that. And look, if Gronk gets hurt, and there's a history there, Bennett. Look, he skyrockets. Right in, yeah. He skyrockets. He's def- Bennett. Definitely, he can be sitting on. He definitely worth. Um, he's still. Ro- he's definitely rosterable no matter what. Basically, yeah. right now. Um, and for, st- er, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So for for Bennett, I I feel like he he has the ability to benefit from obviously like how's it Gronk's Gronk's gonna be double covered. Edelman's gonna be having like lo- they're gonna be looking at Edelman too as well because obviously. He's a very good PPR player. Yeah, but he's I don't think I don't think Edelman's going to be a you know double coverage. Oh, no, he's not going to be he's, going he's over not, the top. He's You're not, not going to double him. He's not going to be double covered. But it's one of those things that the the Patriots. Who else do they have at wide receiver? Who else are they going to throw at so wide receiver that they're going to roll out there? So it's going to be more of the two tight end look. Where obviously you're definitely going to be seeing both um, Gronk and Bennett out there, and obviously both of them are. Good players, obviously. Yeah. Gronk is obviously way is obviously um, definitely a step above him. Um, it's it's just one of those things is that both of them are going to see targets. Um, like Bennett's value might, they actually his value might even get better for all we know because like he, it, it could be one of those things where they almost they almost split. Then I would say split targets. I don't. But I think it, I think Bennett won't take a big hit, and I'll tell you right now, I don't think Gronk's value Gronk's value is not going to go higher than it is. Gronk's value, if anything, is going to take a hit. His, but his you, value is definitely hardest to, 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 to compare. Up, you did bring up a good point, though, and that's one other thing I just want to throw in here. Buy low on Edelman. If you're in a PPR, and I'll put that, if you're in a PPR, buy low on Julian Edelman. You will not regret it. He's got an injury history. That's something to be a little concerned about there. But 
in a PPR with Tom Brady, he is a monster. And like I said, he's not going to be double coverage. He doesn't go over the top. He just catches everything. He does it all. He is a monster. Go get him if you can get him. Yeah, and you won't. In a high-scoring offense, most most players on that Patriot team is you kind of want to have besides the besides the run besides those running backs because you know yeah. Belichick likes to Definitely. play tricky games and play one player like all game and then never play this guy anymore. It's like what the heck. All right, well, I believe that's going to go ahead and conclude uh, all our buy low or sell high players this week. Uh, we hope that you liked this uh, segment and that. Uh, it helped you make decisions about your team, maybe somebody to target, maybe somebody to go put up on the trade block, uh, ship, you know, uh, shop around, whatever it may be. Um, so thank you for tuning in. Do you guys have anything extra to add? I don't know. Just good luck in week number five. Uh, hopefully your team can, if you've been losing, can start winning, or if you are winning, you keep on winning. Go target those buy low people, and uh, if you are losing, it should help you out. It's it's definitely worth even if even if you do have a good roster, say you're three and one right now. It's definitely worth any way at, to make your roster better is something you want to do. Even, even exactly. if you're slightly making a, just a little tweak, you're making just one little player swap, but you all of a sudden instead of having like no depth at running back, you add that running back that gives you a little bit more depth, and you're like, Look. okay, I feel better about my team when I need to have a bye week or if an injury happens. If you're not trading, you're not trying. Yeah, that's pretty much. All right, guys. We'll catch you guys in the next episode. Peace.